there's oil, <laughs> there's oil always on prayer. But um, there's been something that I, I realize, I don't know, the last two weeks I've showed up on a, I've only shown up for a Tuesday then, a, no, a Thursday then a Tuesday. But I get messed up in this place on prayer. I don't know what's been going on with that. Well, I do. Um, as a matter of fact, Ann shared a scripture. I got totally undone. And I had to go find her to find out what version it was. But the, there's something happening. And, and we want to just talk a little bit about that today. Because um, how many know right now we need, there has to be something within every believer that's pulling us and drawing us closer to Jesus? How many know what that is? Prayer. It's, it's intimacy with him. And uh, by our desiring him, he comes near to us. And um, I'm telling you, loving, loving Jesus is all we really need, really. It's, it's the simplicity of the gospel, but there, there is open doors that will happen just because of loving him well, loving him to the degree that we, we, don't, we don't even have within ourselves. God's trying to pull us into a realm of prayer so that we can touch and hear heaven. We need to hear heaven right now. Right now, you know, all the things that are happening in the nation, and, and, and I'll, I'll, I'll share some things at the end, but there's, um, there's things happening, and God's looking for people that will rise up. You know, he wants you to, to be a weapon, and he wants you to be a lover. So this, there's, um, there's two temperaments. There's war. He trains my hands for war, like we talk, shared about last week. And then there's the love being poured out f that's cascading down from the, from the heavenly places that the whole earth needs. Come on. The people running around and burning cities and burning Bibles, they need the love of God. Authority needs to be loosed in the earth. Somebody, and authority is only going to come through people that are connected with Jesus. Does anybody know what time it is? It's time. It's time. <laughs> Who looked at their watch? Come on, come back. Huh? It's not really that time. Well, this time. <laughs> It is time, well, it's time for prayer, okay? But who sees 11-11 a lot? 1-11, So I know it's a transition number, but I really felt like I was supposed to look it up today. And it's crazy. 11-11 is a wake-up call. Did anybody know that? I, I never saw that. It was like, okay, it's a transition, but it's an awakening number. So now I know why we see 1111 all the time, because we are an awakening church, and that's our message. So there's a clear call that's being called out today. It's mandated. It's the house of prayer time. So I'm going to give you a little story um, that happened to me. I'm starting out, and there's two other people, actually. You'll end, right? 
So during the first conference that we had with Jeff Jansen, um, at one point he was talking about the house of prayer. And he's just talking. All of a sudden he turns and he points to me and he said, Lisa. And it was like, it hit me. And I'm like, okay, Lord, okay. God has, I get it, okay. But, and then he just started preaching again. It was like it, the spirit of the Lord came upon him to say my name. So I held that in my heart, which I've held that in my heart for many, many years because we've always wanted to have a place of 24-7, 365 days a year, house of prayer. So it was always in my heart. Um, so then the Sunday after you were preaching, Miles was preaching, and it was like the Lord, while he was preaching, the Lord began to shift pieces of a puzzle together for me. I was listening, but the Lord at the same time began to show me a blueprint. And as he began to show me the blueprint, it was just so easy. And I, then I knew that the Lord was calling the awakened house of prayer back to the hub. Those of you who know, we sent out Fernanda to the North Shore of Boston, and actually that's where we're from, and she has a call for uh, houses of prayer, and we were sending her out as an extension of us, but the Lord began to show me that we were to bring her back in to the hub. We were to bring her back into New Hampshire because there was something that was going to come out of New Hampshire that was going to go across the nation, across the region. But we needed to do that very differently. We needed to bring it back, and we need to strike the ground, strike the ground, not be... I was telling her, I was using an analogy of planting, that we needed to plant down really deep, and it needed to be on fertile, good soil, because then what grows up, it could be this little fruit that's not very good, small. But Lord wanted us to dig down deep and produce something that was going to be a major harvest. So, let's see. We know that we're mandated to be a house of prayer. And we knew that part of it was going to the North Shore. But then God was rearranging, and I had to go to Fernanda and say, I really feel, Fernanda, the Lord is calling you to establish something here. And who knows what's going to happen? I believe all these pockets of houses of prayer are going to come, but we needed to solidify to have footings in the ground, right? When you do your stone, we need to put footing, something really deep and solid. Okay, let's see. Also, prayer. We all know that prayer is the engine room. We cannot do. We have so many things that we want to do. We have major visions for so many things. But if we don't have an engine room where we're praying, then nothing's going to happen. Nothing. So we really, really, there's an urgency. So I'm going to be urgent. I wish that actually there was a lot more people here that are not here. But I really feel like we need to continue to um, speak out the urgency, not just today, but every Sunday, every time we meet together. It's an urgency. One, two, three, four, five, okay, ten people. I'm talking about 
an army rising to pray because right now in our nation, we need it more. Maybe last year we maybe thought, well, yeah, we need to pray. But guys, right now where we're at, if you don't think we need to pray, I don't know, I'm sorry, but I know that we need to pray. So it's like, okay, God, I hear you. It's an urgency in this hour, and that's why I said, what time is it? It's time to to pray. All right, let's see. I'm going to read Isaiah 62, 6. Okay. On your walls, O Jerusalem, O New Hampshire, <laughs> I have appointed and stationed watchmen, I'm going to say, and women, who will never keep silent day or night. You who profess the Lord, take no rest for yourselves and give him no rest from your prayers until he establishes New Hampshire and makes her a praise on the earth. Think of the tri-state prophetic word that we got. New Hampshire, Maine, and Massachusetts. We need to be watchmen on the wall right now more than ever. So I'm going to give you a little idea of what we're doing. We are the Awakened House of Prayer, which you saw. And we are starting out, we've been doing it for two weeks, but we're starting with two days. It's going to increase and we're going to be having other people come in because this is the hub of what we want to do. It's not for Kingdom Awakening Ministries. It's for all of this region. And we'll have people come in and do prayer sets. We're going to do a once-a-month worship night. There's going to be so many things that's going to come out. And, and we met together. Fernanda and Daniel will be doing the Awakened House of Prayer. They're co-leading it. I am the overseer of this. And we talked about we actually have to pray over prayer. Isn't that funny? Because we need to pray because God has something for this. But we have to pray and ask him what it is, right? So we're going to do that. We're going to pray about prayer, which is pretty cool, I think. So, Fernanda, I think I'm going to have you come up now. Fernanda's going to share her vision of being a house of prayer, awaken house of prayer, awaken hop and burns and all that. But I'm going to leave you with a quote. Okay. All right. This is from Duncan Campbell from the Hebrides movement. It is one thing to shout it. It is one thing to sing it. It is one thing to talk about revival. But give me a people on their faces seeking to be rightly related with God. And when that happens, we will soon know the impact of God realization in our country. Amen to that. So before I give this over to you, Fernanda, and then Daniel will come behind, we really, we're asking you guys to come and pray. It doesn't have to be three hours. It can be half an hour, an hour, but the more... I really believe, I know it says it takes one and takes two, but I've been feeling 
the urgency of the hour means that it should be many. And then, you know, we say, oh, we don't want people to feel guilty. Well, it's nothing, it's not about feeling guilty. It's about this is what we're supposed to be doing right now. So I'm believing that we're going to be packed out. We're going to be packed out because people are so hungry to lift up their voices to him and intercede for our nation and our country and for this region. I mean, we could go on and on for, with lists of things that we need to be praying for. So I'm believing that we're not going to have empty rows. We're not going to have one person, two, but we're going to be packed out and it's going to get out there. Tell people from other churches, come and pray. Let's pray together. Call them out. If you know people that maybe do play the guitar or have a heart for worship, come and see me and we'll get them on the list. Okay, Fernanda. Hello, I'm Fernanda. <laughs> Hi, Dad. <laughs> um, hmm. Yeah, everyone's voice is needed, right, in the kingdom. Do you guys believe that? Yeah, that your voice carries impact? Yeah. So come out. Bye. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm messing around. Um, yeah. Like, our voices stir heaven, right? We fill the bowls in heaven. Is that good the theology? Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. That's in the Bible, everyone. Yeah. So imagine what a group like this could do, how we can move the heart of God and what we could do in a region, you know? Wild, wild stuff. Um, yeah, so to piggyback off of what she was saying, so during quarantine, um, well, let me retract. Um, I was sent out to Beverly, to the North Shore. I have a heart for Massachusetts, a heart for New England, really. Um, and the Lord birthed the desire to start a house of prayer like years ago. Um, and the Lord like just aligned, like brought me here to KA, which is amazing because y'all are sitting here. So the Lord brought y'all. So, yeah, I say y'all. One of my friends is from Virginia, so she, I picked it up. Um, yeah. Um, well, so yeah, so I have this desire to birth houses of prayers. I went to a Bible college. I graduated from North Point Bible College, the same place that they went to. Um, the Lord is in the details. Um, and I have a desire to pastor, to pastor young adults and youth, um, families as well. Um, and yeah, so that's a little bit about me. I won't go too in depth because uh, we don't have a lot of time. Um, so during quarantine, I felt like the Lord um, was telling me that I needed to reset things. I needed to reevaluate the things, the plans. Um, and it's not that I didn't hear right or anything. I went to the North Shore. We all went to the North Shore for a reason, to bring the presence there. Um, and I really feel like we can't hold too loosely to plans, like to things in our lives, because the Lord's spirit is always moving. And... It took me a little, t a little time to catch on to that, to process that. Um, but I'm here, and we're doing this together as a family. And the Lord was also speaking to me about doing things in the context of a family. And there's power in that, and there's authority in that, and there's unity in that. We, we have a covering when we're coming together as a family, guys. Um, yeah. Um, 
So Awaken House of Prayer is transitioning to, to right here. This is the hub. This is what we're doing. Um, we're entering into what the Lord is speaking and what he's, in, he's doing in this hour. There are two people that spoke about the House of Prayer. It was Charlie Champ and Jeff Jansen. So two prophets spoke prophetically what the Lord is wanting to do on the earth in this hour in this region. And we're partnering up with that. Um, isn't that exciting? Yeah. yeah, so exciting. Yeah. Where are our feet going to go? Man, it's, it's, it's about to be a wild ride. Um, yeah, we get to be a part of what he's speaking. And the onset of this ministry, what we've all been meeting as like a leadership team, as a family, um, Psalm 27, 4, right, is something that the Lord was highlighting to us in our meetings. And it says this, one thing have I asked of the Lord that will I seek after that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. So right at the onset of this ministry, at the very beginning, this is what the Lord is saying. My bride, I need you to look at me. And where do you look at me? In the place of prayer. And Miles spoke about this last week. What a message, my God. Right there on the top for me. Um, he said this, he wants to teach you prayer in the place of intercession. Partner up with heaven. There are things going on in the earth that we need to partner up with. Um, hold on a second. We need to partner up with, yeah. There are things going on in the earth that we need to partner up with prayer, right? I think is, is along the lines of what you said. Um, and he also said that we need to posture ourselves. He's speaking to this body. He's speaking to us. We need to posture ourselves. We need to be in a position um, where we're before the Lord and we say, you're all I want to look at. And this entire week, and I'll, I'll, I'll end on this note, this entire week the Lord was speaking to me about being captivated in the place of prayer. So Miles spoke this message about him wanting to meet us in the place of prayer, and the Lord was speaking to me about being captivated by his eyes about those fiery eyes and that's what's going to spark our spirit man and cause us to intercede cause us to partner up with what jesus is saying in heaven um and he also said not to be captivated by earthly things not the news not what's going on around us not relationships or finances or friendships or anything like this but captivated only by jesus and partnering up with what he's saying what he's doing right you guys believe that amen well, I'm done. So, Daniel, I, is that all? Do you want me to say anything else? Oh, no, you know me. I could preach a whole message. I'm just kidding. Um, I don't <laughs> – we're just so excited about this, and what I'm so genuine when I say that we need every person. Like, this is an army that the Lord is calling forth in this hour, and – your voice just matters. I can't get away from that. You just matter. You, you being here matters. And the words that come out of your mouth matter to this house of prayer. And you guys are going to touch people's lives that come in here. And we have just big dreams for this, uh, this house of prayer. That's it. Y'all come and then you guys will see, you know. Daniel, I'm done talking because I'm blabbing. Blabbing. <laughs> Love y'all. <laughs> Hello. So, as you know, I'm 
Daniel. And uh, I'm up here right now because uh, I want to stir up, uh, help stir up in you guys what the Lord is doing in me. Um, since uh, the start of the virus around that time, the, the Lord told me two things. One of them was um, establish your prayer life, fix your prayer life, um, focus on it, make it a priority. And, and he told me that um, everything that I was struggling with, like, you know, emotional things and all, all kinds of stuff and just internally was all rooted in my prayer life. And, uh, you know, what we're, what we're, our vision is, is, is rooted in corporate prayer, but it all starts with yourselves, your individual prayer life. That's what's most important. And when you stir that up, when you really pursue that in your own time with, with God, um, it's going to be so much easier to come together with others and really to release what God has given you as your piece of the puzzle. Um, because we all are needed, just as Fernando was saying. And uh, I don't know how this really happened, but um, you know, last year, prayer was on my mind just as much, I guess, as any normal Christian. Like, yeah, we, we need to pray. I pray sometimes. I pray when my bank account's kind of, you know, getting low or when things get hairy. And But it wasn't a pillar. And it needs to be a pillar. If we're going to be the, the, the end-time church in the, in the last days army that we're called to be, we're going to return to apostolic Christianity, to what it looked like in the foundations when, when the Lord delivered once for all the faith to the saints. And what I know is that prayer will cost us something. But not to pay that cost will cost us much more. And one of the reasons, if, if I asked, are you excited about prayer? I, I think if, you, if everybody raised their hand, most people would be lying. <laughs> Just And what the Lord spoke to me is that the reason we're not excited about prayer, because I, you know, I, I wasn't excited about prayer. The Lord's working in me now. Um, but the reason we're not excited about prayer is because we don't know what it is. Uh, we don't have a revelation. Prayer is not asking for things. Prayer... That's something that happens in prayer. It's not, prayer is not just something we do. Prayer is who we are spending our time with. And if we value the presence, we'll value prayer. To the degree that we value presence will be how much we value prayer. Prayer makes a way for the presence. Prayer hosts the presence. It prepares the way. John the Baptist he was the voice crying out. He was praying in the, in the wilderness 20 years, eating locusts and honey, preparing a way. It says the Lord is, is enthroned upon the praises. Prayer is work. It's worship. It's warfare. And it's not always comfortable. In the upper room, there was, it started off with 500. At the end, there was only 120. Why is that? 
You know, why did 380 people who saw Jesus, the resurrected Christ, 380 people went somewhere else? It's because prayer will take you into uncomfortable places. And that, you know, I did the math. It's 24% of the people stayed, the 120. 24 represents the priesthood. And the Lord is raising up his priesthood. The, the kings and the priests who will really come before him, who will lay down, you know, because ha- it'll, it'll, it'll cost us something. We'll have to deny ourselves some of our time, some of our energy, some of our resources. But it's so worth it. And I, and I, you know, I have some friends in my life who, when I get together, and we've been praying together lately, and it's some of the most fruitful, amazing times. And we all, the Lord is doing something in us. You know, it's not, this isn't like I'm more spiritual or disciplined than anybody else. Like the Lord's been doing something in me. And um, the other thing I wanted to mention too, a, a lot of this has to do with praying in the spirit. Um, I read a book by Corey Russell who's coming called The Glory Within and it's about praying in the spirit and, and he says praying in the spirit, praying in tongues has a lot to do with restoring us back to apostolic Christianity and so I, at, around that time I decided to uh, devote just try to be f- disciplined and say okay I'm just going to set aside an hour of my day I have the time to do that. You know, not, I, I know not everybody does, but I'm just going to pray in the Spirit. And doing that, during the time I was doing it, I, I, wasn't, uh, I wasn't feeling anything. I wasn't seeing angels. I wasn't getting visions. I was actually, I had a tired jaw, and I was kind of like ready to cut it short at like half an hour and and I did that many times, but I read in the book, you know, this is part of the process. Like, you have to just press in. Just be faithful. If the only reason you keep doing it is because you're enjoying it, right, you're actually just feeding your, sense, your senses, and you're not being faithful and obedient to the, what the Word says about praying in the Spirit, you know. We have to, uh, we have to be okay with it's not always going to be, you know, enjoyable or a glory party or whatever, we're, we're doing it because we know that in the spirit realm, there are things shifting and moving and shaking, and, and we have authority through, through what we say. And if we're praying in the spirit, it's the spirit of God praying back to himself, and he always answers his own prayers. And he, it says we don't know what we ought to pray, which, which is true. You know, we, there are things that the Lord will put on our heart, but we don't really know... What the, what the most efficient thing we need to be praying for. But God does. He knows all things. He sees all things from the end to the beginning. And when we pray in the spirit, we cut through the soul realm, and, and it's so much more powerful. Like I, One thing that praying in the spirit daily has been doing is I feel like strength, uh, that the, the scripture strengthened with might in my inner man. I, I feel that so strongly. I'm not so, like, derailed from, um, from things. You know, when things go wrong, I don't, I don't really freak out or, like, I don't get all anxious like I normally would. And I know that uh, 
the more I press, I, I'm just scratching the surface. I, you know, I'm just telling you this because I, I want to encourage you guys that prayer, it, I believe it's, it's the most, one of the most neglected things, and yet it's what we need most. You know, we, we have a generation who's like more excited for revival than any other, and yet they're the, we're the most prayerless. And if we stop calling revival, revival, if we say what it re really, revival is a harvest of prayer. We sow through prayer, and we reap the harvest, and it, and it looks like revival. It looks like signs, miracles, and wonders, and salvations. So if we, if we called it prayer harvest, then we might be pursuing revival a little differently. You know, Charles Finney, who led the greatest revivals America has seen up until this point in, in New York, he said, revival is no more a miracle than a crop of wheat. He knew, he understood that if we were faithful to sow in, in prayer and in intercession in travail, which is supernatural, it's not us yelling really loud because we hope God might listen to us. It's actually yield, coming to a, such a yielded place that we, we tap into the groans of the Spirit. And he had a, a few intercessors with him. One of them was named Daniel Nash and, and his partner, Abel Clary. And before they would go into a town, before Finney would bring his revival meetings into, into a town, he would send ahead of him Daniel Nash, who just got booted off of his, his own church, voted out. Um, so he had the time to just be devoted to prayer. And they would, he would make a covenant with prayer with another individual. Sometimes it would be three or four, but usually just one or two. They would rent out a basement or, or some space that they could spend hours in intercession preparing the way. And Finney would not start his, his campaign until... Daniel Nash approached him and told him that the presence is here. And I know that that sounds really intense. Like to me, I'm like, I, I don't have the endurance or the time or the, I'm just, I'm, sh I'm sharing this example as, that's just what happened when a couple people really completely emptied themselves and yielded to prayer. And it, resu it resulted in the greatest revival this soil has ever seen. So what happens if it's 30 of us giving a little of our time together? You know, Leonard Ravenhill, Leonard Ravenhill said, if you want to know how popular God is in a church, go to their prayer meeting. And I'm not, I'm not saying that to condemn anybody that can't make it. I don't um, hear that. What I'm saying is, in American Christianity, in, in Western Christianity, we've put prayer way down the, the list of priorities and put a lot of things above it. And, I, you know, I believe in these times, um, the world is praying. And the, how is the church responding? And when I say the world is praying, I look at like places like Portland. I'm from Portland originally. You have people out in the streets for hours, days. Pro, you know, no justice, no peace, Black Lives Matter, all these things, yelling out over hours, throwing rocks at police and setting fires. And it's like a prayer meeting. 
for darkness. How, how are we as the church responding? You know? And it can, I, I get convicted. I'm like, I, if the world is moving at a, at a high rate of speed into, into really dark places, we need to be moving at a high rate of speed into the presence of God. And uh, the Lord is doing that. One thing is I'm, I'm excited about is it's not me up here and, and Fernanda and us up here telling you about prayer that's really going to stir you. It's the Spirit of God awakening his church. Jesus in the garden, he said, could you not tarry with me one hour, right? The disciples were falling asleep. He connected in that moment sleep with prayerlessness. We're moving in awakening. The first stage of this awakening is for us because he's bringing a prayerless church out of our sleepiness. And, I mean, once we, once we really tap into this, um, there's no stopping us. I, like, I, when, like when I pray with Fernanda and Collins and Carissa and we come together, I feel such a power. And, like, I feel like we're, I don't, even, I don't understand even what we're doing all the time. But I know we're like things in heaven are moving. I feel it's so it's so encouraging, and our hearts are being knit together. You know, Leonard Ravenhill. I'm quoting him a lot because you should read his books. He said he never he could never know a man until he got to pray with him. That's when he would really find out what's the substance in this person. You know, they they wrote this book. They have this theology. They have this church. I want to pray with them. And he was a he he was a staunch. Um, I guess I'll say he was really against Calvinism. He did not like Calvinist or Calvinism. His one exception to that is if if a Calvinist that he would you know encounter was a praying man, he'd you know kind of lay that aside. Like prayer overcame doctrinal differences. And that's true with us, you know, because the Lord is bringing ministries together that normally would have no business being together. You know, he's going to do that with us. We're going to be with other churches. It's going to look weird. We're, you know, it's going to be outside of our, what we would imagine. But I believe that's going to happen, and it is happening. Um, I said 15 minutes. Okay. I think I'm right about there. So I'm, I'm sharing this to, just to encourage everybody. Like if afterwards, if you, um, I, I know a lot of good books. That's one of the reasons, or one of the things that really helped me uh, with prayer is good teaching, anointed teaching that helped my revelation of it. Um, so if that's something you're interested in, I have some resources afterwards. Um, but other than that, as was said before, um, we're just, we're just inviting everybody to just step in and give a little of what they can. Um, your little bit is powerful. You know, Susanna Wesley, Jonathan Wesley, and Charles Wesley's mother, she had 10 children. Her prayer life, looked, she would literally put her apron over her head for a few moments at a time. You know, you have 10 children, you can't go sit in the closet for eight hours with the presence of God. But look what her little her little bit of faithfulness with what she had, the grace that she had, resulted in the greatest hymn writer of all time, Charles Wesley, and one of the greatest revivalists. 
Everybody has that ability. It has nothing to do with your circumstances, how many children you have, what your work schedule looks like. It's are you just faithful with the little? And there's no condemnation because it's not about who's putting in the most time or whatever. Um, so I just want to leave it there, invite everybody to just jump in with us. And uh, yeah, let's pray. Should I pray? Okay. you want to pray in the spirit with me a little bit? Father, we just thank you. We thank you for what you're doing in our hearts. Lord, we thank you for what you're doing in our hearts this day, this moment, these moments, Lord, these days that we live in. Lord, we are asking that you stir in us and urgency and anointing to pray. We ask that you stir in us a desire, a holy desire to come before your feet, to jump in the fire. A little bit louder. Lord, we want to jump in the fire. Of prayer, Lord, we want to stir ourselves up in your presence, Lord. We want to learn what it is to pray. Lord, we ask you, teach us to pray. Just as the disciples came to you and they said, Jesus, teach us to pray. We're asking you, teach us to pray. Teach us what, what it looks like to be consecrated in our prayer lives to you, just as you were with the Father, often going to a desolate place often going to a mountain, often stepping away from everybody else and getting before you. Lord, we ask that you put that same heart in us, that you stir us to pray, that we would fall in love with prayer, that it be that coming before you in communion with God would be our greatest delight. And we thank you, Lord. We thank you for an anointing and, and a mantle of intercession. We thank you for rising up revival intercessors. We thank you for rising up revival intercessors around the voice of awakening that this place is called to carry. Lord, we ask that you raise up revival intercessors in this moment right now. Let the fire of revival birth through prayer. Stir in the hearts of your people. And then I say, Lord, that I say, every mother here praying over her children. Every father, Lord, just release an anointing and a desire to pray. Lord, show us how to yield to the groanings of the Spirit. Show us how to travail in prayer, to bring breakthrough, to bring breakthrough in our nation, in our region, in the Lord, that we will not stand idly by when the world is releasing darkness, when they're cursing our government and our leaders, when the when they're pushing forth a demonic agenda, Lord, we will not stand idly by, but we will pray because we know that there's authority in our prayer. We know that we stir the heavenlies when we pray. And we know that the battle is won in the heavenlies. And we, we win that battle when we pray. And when we pray together, there's power. And we thank you, Lord, for releasing that power in this hour. Lord, stir us, Lord. Stir us, Lord. Teach us to come together in a place of prayer as a consecrated 
covenant community, Lord, just as the Moravians did. For over a hundred years, Lord, you, your spirit fell upon them. And they, for a hundred years, came together in prayer, Lord. And I thank you for releasing that mantle upon this house, Lord, the Moravian mantle of prayer and community, Lord, that we would create a stronghold in the day of darkness, a stronghold of peace, a stronghold of rest, a stronghold of life and light and hope in this place, Lord, and in this hour. So I thank you, Lord, for sealing these words upon the hearts of every person here, doing something new, doing a new thing in their life, Lord, doing a new thing in their souls, doing a new thing in their minds, showing us the power of prayer. Let, let all the information we have become revelation in our hearts, Lord. Let all the information become revelation. So we thank you, Lord. We bless this moment, Lord. We thank you for what you're doing in us, Lord. We thank you that it's your work and not ours, Lord, and we just yield to it. Show us how to pour out in this day, in this hour. We love you. We bless you. We worship you, Lord. We thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. really good everybody um, I think I've been burdened I think that's what I've been sensing in my my heart and There's a couple of scriptures we'll just kick, and then, then we'll um, have communion together. But I feel like, I feel like the Holy Spirit is is moving us into the greatest moments in history. Um, if we would just continue to cooperate, cooperate with what God's doing in this hour, and. Um, how many know he's, you know, this this popped into my heart, but Ezekiel 22, I sought for a man among them who would make a wall and stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land that I should not destroy it, but I found no one. And I'm going to get a little heavy on you first, but we'll, we'll, it'll lift because there there is this life in the spirit that God's calling us to, that, that there is a place where he's saying, listen, the foundations are cracked and places all over America are having, it looks like desolation. Okay, I, and, and to be honest with you, I had just a quick conversation, but I've been, when I was traveling with my son, I'm like, man, I just want to go to Portland and go bring Go bring the presence of God. Like, this is, this is who you are. This is what you've been created to do. And although it's not knocking at our back door, I'm, I'm going to just talk about the urgency of the hour for a moment, okay? Is that okay? 
because it's really, we live in an urgent hour. And it's time to be filled with all the fullness of God. And, it's, and, and you can't do that if we're prayerless. You know, and again, we're not going to bring, I'm not bringing condemnation tonight to anyone. Listen, if, if you realize that you're living a, a life that's prayerless, then repent and turn. That's <laughs> easy, right? Just say, God, help me, because that's what I had to do. Lord, you need to help me. You need to help me to turn my face towards you and find you in this hour. And that's, that's not just this season. It's every season. Like, God wants to pull you in close so that you hear clear. And I just felt like I sought after a man. This was a prophetic declaration over Ezekiel. They were in the midst of, of being taken into captivity. And he was looking for someone that would just pray. He was looking for someone that would stand in the gap. You know, it was Isaiah 62 was brought forth earlier. You know, there, there's a, a, God's looking for a watchman that will see, yeah, we see the darkness, but I see light coming too. I see the night is here, but the day is coming. The, the dawn is, the dawn of a, of a new era is coming. And I, I want you to be in that place tonight where we, we realize the urgency of the hour, yet we know, like, I, I understand this, like, God has it, but he's looking for us to partner with him. Like, God has it to a certain extent. This is what I, I was trying to get at over the last few weeks. Like, God has it, but he's looking for us to come into agreement with him. And, and in doing that, you just become his friend. He said to Abraham, should we tell Abraham what we're about to do? Like, do I tell my friend Abraham? And that's where we want to live in this new covenant reality that we live in. You are closer than you have the, this access to Jesus that Abraham did not have. I believe that. I believe that with all my heart, that all of Eden is now available to us, that Zion is where you live from, that this place of, of holiness and, and power and presence and purity is where we live from. And so he's looking for someone, but there, there was this, I'm going to go back to what Ann had, had brought the other night because it just broke me. It broke me, and it was, it was just three words. I'm going to read the beginning of it. It says Isaiah 59, I'm going to read out of the Passion Translation. But it says, justice has been, is driven away. Listen, I'm reading the Bible now. I'm reading Ezekiel. I'm reading the Old Testament prophets. I'm reading Isaiah, which is full of hope, but they sought him in half. Let's just be honest, you know. This is, this is something that will cost you. Jesus said, take up your cross and follow me. And he didn't mean it, like, lightly. Like to, 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 a, to a church in 2020 that we, we're just going to walk through this thing like it's a cakewalk. I believe that all of the things that Daniel was saying was absolutely right on. That there's this place of, of urgency, but you, we need to learn to press in through the Spirit of God. It's not going to come because I pretend like it's not happening. I go hide myself out up in the woods, and I pretend it's not happening. I'm surrounded. I'm away from it. We're in the nice woodsy New Hampshire. We're away from it pretty much, you know? But I'm telling you, there's an hour that we're in, and, and, and it, I'm believing that the Lord is asking for a people, his church, his ecclesia, the ones that, that legislate government, the council of heaven that legislates government in the earth by the Spirit, because you can break powers of darkness if you agree with God. 
if all the church came into agreement with God, we will break the powers of darkness. If I prayed till my tongue falls off, come on, somebody. And I'm not talking about works. I'm talking about God asking us to move into a place where we, this is why my, my message is hunger. You need to be hungry for heaven. You must be hungry for heaven. I didn't become born again so that I could sit and come into sleepy prayer. Mm. Come on, God called you from the foundations of the world. Before the foundations of this world came, God called you into this place where you live from a, a supernatural reality which it empowers you to pray and release heaven on the earth. I got through one thing. Isaiah 59, justice is driven away. This is, this, this is just like our newspaper now. Isaiah, Hosea, Amos, it's our newspapers now. It's CNN with all the lies. But there's pro they're prophets lying. They're lying prophets. Read the, read the, four, four, the, the beginning of Ezekiel or, or actually, what did I read from 22? If you read tw the beginning of 22, it talks about lying prophetic release in the earth. I'm telling you, God's calling for a prophetic people, a people that speak the word of God and break things. It just opens heavens up. So here we go. Justice is driven away, and righteousness stands on the sidelines. For truth has stumbled in the public square. And, morally, and morality cannot, ant, cannot enter. Yes, truth has disappeared. And those who turn from evil become the next victim. Yahweh saw this and was greatly displeased that there was no justice. And then he was astonished to see that there was no champion. And when she said that the other night, oh, I said, God, where are the champions? What's going to make you a champion? It's your heart crying out to God. Because this is talking about, it's really prophetic of Jesus Christ coming to the earth and releasing justice. And I'm telling you, God has brought you to this hour. You live in this, in this epoch of time. You live right now in this time. And it is time for the church to wake up, arise, and shine, and burn like the sun. Burn like the sun. Because read this. It, sa it says this. It says, he was astonished to see that there was no champion. Whew. There was no champion. There was no one. And the word actually in the New King James says there was no one that would intercede. There was no one. It was the same thing as stand in the gap. There was no one that would bring intercession. What does a champion should, uh, do in the times? Probably strike people. Knock them down because the word intercession means strike again and again and again. Daniel was talking about the 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 come on the repetitive activity of even praying in the spirit. I'm telling you tonight, God has a message for us, and we're going we're gonna to enter into something powerful in, in the communion tonight. There's, there's, there's realities of, of heaven that's being released in this hour, and it's this, this, this reality that we are called to be champions. We're called to be the ones that intercede. We're called to be the ones that stand in the gap. We're called to be the ones that talk and speak and release the, the prophesy life and light in the midst of darkness, right? And not even one would be rescued and oppressed. 
So then his own mighty, mighty power was released to deliver, and his own righteousness supported him. He put on righteousness as his body armor. You've been clothed with righteousness. You've been clothed with all the things you need. You've been equipped to do all the things that you're called to do in the kingdom for this hour. You don't, you don't lack one thing. Can I tell you that tonight? You don't lack one thing. The only thing you lack is motivation. And I don't know if, if I look at the news and I'm, I'm like, God, I'll go to Portland now. <laughs> Come on, we'll go. I'll go. Not to go fight people, to go bring Jesus, to go bring the gospel, to go bring a witness in the streets, to go, come on, go with my friend and play a guitar and then talk to people and, and just release the light of heaven into, into a place that needs God right now. He put on righteousness as his body, body armor, helmet, of, helmet for salvation, uh, salvation for a helmet, excuse me. A garment of warring vengeance was his uniform and passion his cape. Come on, somebody. Listen, as soon as the prayer movement gets some passion, as soon as the prayer movement begins to move, I'm, and it's going to happen, I'm prophesying this place is going to be filled, not only on, 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 a, on, a, on a Sunday night, but on a, on a Tuesday night and a Wednesday night and a Thursday night because we're hungry and we're crying out. Listen, I don't know what's happening, but there's something powerful happening and we're engaging with it. And when the Holy Spirit comes and you begin to pray, and I've, I've been in tears. You know, you don't have to come in here and yell. I've been weeping. I've been in a puddle. It's because God is trying to pour, he's trying to get you to understand. He's trying to get me to understand. I can't do it without you, God. There has to be a place where we really realize that we have no power. And when we have no power, we ask him. And what's that? That's prayer. <laughs> it's simply being with Jesus. And I'm saying this because God wants us to be in this place together. As a family, yes. He wants you to be at home, engaged with what he's speaking to you. Listen, he's not, he's very much alive. My God. God is moving. Like when I get in the presence of God, and I'm, I'm telling you tonight, when you get into the presence of God, there should be something that activates in your life. There should be something that rises within you, that brings you up out of a place of sleepiness. And, and, I, and I know, listen, we had a young family. We've, we've got plenty. Listen, I can be busy, as busy as I want to be. But the Lord's saying, hit the brakes. Because you're no good to me unless you're filled with me. Verse 18 says, he will repay wrath to his enemies and retribution to his foes according to what they have done, reckoning his coming for the islands of what, what is due to him from the west to the lands of the, of the rising sun. The glory of the name of Yahweh will be held in the highest reverence. Can we prophesy that tonight? Do you believe that tonight, that, that Yahweh's name will be held in the highest reverence, not burned as kindling on the side of a road someplace? For he will break in as a flooding, rushing river, driven 
on by the breath of Yahweh. Listen, God is going to breathe on your life as soon as you decide, God, I want to be a champion. I don't want to be the one that sits in the back. And, and listen, Daniel Nash, let's just go back to Daniel Nash. Daniel Nash was in dirty, dingy basements. He was never seen. And the power of heaven was released. And he gave, he gave Finney the cue saying, come on, it's about to hit. Go now. Like that's, that's how the urgency of prayer, and it moved the second great awakening to a whole nother level. Verse 21, and this is my covenant promise, promise with them, says Lord Yahweh. From now on, my Holy Spirit will rest on them and not depart from them. And my prophetic words will fill their mouths and will not depart from them, nor from their children, nor from their descendants. From now on and forevermore, says the Lord Yahweh. Listen, we need to be in this place where you understand that the, your kids and your children's children, and then, come on, and forevermore the descendants are going to live in righteousness. Listen, America is a beacon of light in the earth. I don't care what you think in this room. America is a beacon of light in the earth. And the enemy is trying to snuff that out right now in this hour. And I'm not putting it on us like it's our job. It's our, it's, we have to play our part. And we have to just position ourselves and say, God, will you come? What, what would happen if, if there was an explosion of power in New England and all of a sudden because of, of a prayer movement, because, of, because we fueled the underground with prayer and, and the rivers began to flow. And I, listen, I believe it's here. I believe we're living in it. And, you, and we just have to continue to cooperate with it. So I'm, 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 in, I'm encouraging, I'm, I'm imploring you. I, I'm asking you to come with us be with us. And it's not like, if you can't make it, it's not condemnation. I'm saying the urgency of the hour. If you can't be here, pray at home. I don't care what you're doing, just pray. <laughs> you understand? There's a, there's a place of where, I, where I know that the Lord is saying, here's the time. It's the time is now. There's no other. There isn't any more time. The time is now. Like, I know we got it pretty insulated here. Like, we can go on, and, we're, you know, we're in New Hampshire. Like, people are like, where are these meetings? Like, I post stuff on Facebook and, and social media. Like, where are you? I'm afraid to tell people. Don't tell anyone. I don't want, you know. God wants to rock this place, yes. But God wants to rock New England. He, he, I believe in a, in a tri-state, six-state, whatever you want to say. I believe the whole region should be blown up by the Holy Ghost because there's a, a praying, raging army. Last week when I was sharing about he trains our hands for war. Listen, guys, there is a place right now where we can just engage and look, it's going to be the fire of heaven that hits your hands. It's going to be the fire of heaven that hits your heart, that lights you up, that you get lit for the presence and the power of God to come on you, and you begin to pray like you never knew how to pray before. But you, it just doesn't happen. I close my notes. I can't, I'm not done. Remember, I'm going to get this out of the way because what I want to do, 
How are we doing with communion? Hopefully we're good. Romans 8, such a good place to live. Romans chapter 8, verse 26 and 27. says, likewise, the Spirit also helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what we should pray as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession. It makes uh, intercession. It makes intercession for, for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. Listen, the, the, the language of the Spirit is going to draw us into a place where we engage with Jesus like we've never experienced before. I promise you that. If you begin to pray and seek his face, the Bible says that he's going to come. That's what the word says. So I'm going to hinge my life on what the word says. It says, now he who searches the heart knows what the mind of the spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Right? If God be for us, who could be against us? Listen, God is for us, but he's looking for us. He didn't spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall we not be with him? Because he also freely gives us all these things. It is Christ who died, and furthermore, there is, he is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. Listen, we want to be like Jesus. Here's what Jesus did. He was before the Father. Right now, Christ died, who even is even at the right hand, who also makes intercession. Who can separate us from the love of Christ? Listen, this is, this is the key. This is the key that's going to unlock <laughs> revival. It's going to unlock the awakening. It's going to unlock what God does. What if, what if God was just looking for one group? doesn't have to be. It can be 120. It can be 50. What if God was just looking for one group that would just commit themselves to a posture of prayer until the power of heaven came? Like, I believe, I'm believing for the, for the place to be filled. But I don't care if there's 20 of us, to be honest. Because I think 20 of us can pull it off. That's what my Bible says. If we get to a place and a posture where we allow heaven to come, he's going to reign in this place. So I just want to, in, in, in looking at the communion table tonight, because you're going to come up and serve yourself, okay? I'm going to look. I talked about seven places that the blood touches, right? In communion. I'm going to talk about one tonight. One place. The sweating of blood. There's seven places where Jesus bled from. I'm not going to get into all those. I'm going to talk about the one place, the sweating of blood. Why? Because we're remembering Jesus and what he did. And so what is it about the sweating of blood? It's released the power to overcome, and that's what we need in our prayer lives. Honestly, most of us need an injection. Ha <laughs> ha. Don't, not inoculation, an injection to our prayer lives so that we're not bored. 
that we think we have purpose in prayer, that we don't have a rotating, spinning mind. Come on, God wants, it's the crown of thorns that takes care of the mind stuff. That's the second part. That's the blood of Jesus that was, that was sent forth to, to give us absolutely eternal life, right? The blood. But I'm talking about the blood that he sweat. Where did he sweat the blood? And, and he brought it up. Uh, he alluded to this, Daniel did earlier, about him going to the, to the disciples and say, can you not tarry one hour? What was Jesus doing at the time? He was praying and sweating blood. What does it talk about? It talks about the supernatural power of intercession. The blood that he sweat gives us supernatural power in intercession. So tonight, when we take communion together, I want you to think on that. Because Jesus said, Father, not your will be done. Not my will be done, sorry, but your will be done. Right? I'm not doing what I want to do because if I had it my way, I'd skip the cross and go. I'll just go right to glory. But no, no. The Father saw from the beginning of time that Jesus had to shed his blood. So it started with the sweating. It started in the place of intercession. It started in the place where my life is consecrated to you and I will do your will, not mine. I will live from this place, not, your, not, where I want, not what I want to do. So, Tori, maybe help me out. So just pray with me for a minute. We're going to... So as we take communion, as we take the body and the blood tonight, we're going to remember Jesus. He said, do this in remembrance of me. But we're going to weaponize communion. Because God wants to weaponize communion every time we come to the table. Every time I come to the table, he wants to use this as a weapon in my life that I remember what he's done, that I live from the place of the cross, that I see salvation, healing, deliverance. It goes into all humanity, and he's called you to bring that. He's called you to bring that. If you need healing in your body tonight, it's available at the table. I believe it. If you need your mind renewed tonight, I, I believe it's available at the table. It's weaponized. It's the blood of Jesus, the body of Christ came. He came so that his, his life would absolutely destroy every part, every, all sin, all death, all sickness, all disease. Not one thing. He didn't lack one thing in his sacrifice. So, Father, we're asking tonight, as we come to the table, that you'd open our hearts right now.
Lord, we thank you that you came. You sweat drops of blood. That was the first sign of, of you giving your life, the very substance of who you are. You gave it right there in intercession to equip us to be great intercessors like you. So, Father, we thank you tonight as we release our will to your will. As we come before you tonight and ask Holy Spirit that you would just bring us into this divine exchange. Thank you that you're going to strengthen us right now, even in communion. That you're going to release something to us supernaturally by the blood of Jesus and the body. That's going to free us. It's going to help us to step into something brand new. In Jesus' name. So I'm just going to invite you guys. Maybe just start with the first rows, and then we'll work our way back. Just come up, up the middle and just take, take the elements yourselves.
So tonight we just want to discern the body in its fullness. That means understanding what his broken body did for us. And we want to come before the Lord with clean hands and pure heart. broken that we'd be completely made whole. So Lord, we acknowledge this tonight, that you were crushed, you were bruised, you were broken for our transgressions. Lord, we ask tonight that, Lord, as we partake, Lord, you just begin to fill us with all the fullness of who you are in a fresh new way tonight, God, brand new. We thank you for your body that was broken. We thank you for the cross. We thank you, God, that you gave yourself completely over to the will Father. And so, Lord, let us reflect that tonight in a brand new way. That your will will be done in our lives in a fresh new way tonight. We thank you for the body. In Jesus' name. thank you for the body that was broken. Lord, we thank you for the blood. That was shed, that cleansed all of humanity. Thank you for the blood. side, every bruise in your body, from your feet, from your back, from your forehead, God. And Lord, we acknowledge the place where you Take of that, Lord, tonight, knowing that we can rest. Even in the place of intercession, even in a life of, as an overcomer, Lord, we can rest in the fact that you've given us power to walk through this by your precious blood. So we acknowledge you in every way tonight. thank you for divine health. We thank you for the blood that overcomes.
every single thing. It's the answer to calamity in the earth. So we love and honor you. And we receive it in its fullness tonight. In Jesus' name. Spirit, we thank you tonight. We're asking God tonight that you just release the fresh wind of heaven over us. Pull us up into higher places. We thank you. You want to make us a house of prayer. So, Lord, tonight we yield to that. We give ourselves completely over to it. And ask that your divine nature would come and begin to manifest in our lives. We love you, we honor you, we thank you. 